Hell Sports fans, and I'm actually recording this after that I've recorded the podcast about March Madness, which you're going to get to in a second. Um, but I felt that it was timely that I say this before and I don't fade away because it's, it's a very serious thing that happened. Um, my thoughts and prayers go to Dwayne Haskins and his whole family and the Steelers um, and the Steelers organization. Obviously, this this podcast is not anything to do with the NFL. It's not anything to do with football. Um, but obviously, when something like this happens, I, I have to talk about it because it's something that could happen to anyone. I mean, it, it, it is truly sad. Um, at the only age of 24, I think he was going to turn 25 next month. Um, and, you know, a very prized quarterback um, at Ohio State. He had himself a hell of a career at Ohio State. Um, you know, the NFL career, it, maybe it didn't turn out how it was, but at the end of the day, Dwayne Haskins is a human like any of us. Doesn't matter what he did in the league. Still a human, still a very important person. And, and maybe he struggled in the league, but he was still, like I said, a prolific player at Ohio State. And to even get to Ohio State and even be the number one quarterback at Ohio State, to even be a top, a, a first-round pick in the NFL, the, the amount of work that a person has to put into is is unbelievable. And, and there's 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 that's why there's not many people that can do it. And, and so even to even make it to that point, what it what what an athlete in in person you have to be for Dwayne Haskins and so um, you know obviously we we all know about the Adam Schefter and his his reporting and you know the the very the, the just the the improper way of reporting someone's death but I, I just felt that it was important to start this podcast with this because something like that is. It's bigger than sports. It, you, we, we love the game of football. We love college basketball, whatever it is. But at the age of 24, that is su such a young age um, to, you know, pass um, that I felt it was important to start this podcast with just sending my prayers and, and my best wishes to the Haskins family and everyone, uh, the Steelers organization, um, and everyone that was closely knitted with um, Dwayne Haskins because it is unbelievably heartbreaking to hear of that story yesterday um, and just just awful. But anyway, guys, I did not mean to start on a sad note. Um, but once again, thought my thoughts and prayers go out to the family. Um, but anyway, well, I'll, I'll get I'll let I'll let I'll let myself get into the podcast. <laughs> Sportsbox fans and welcome back to Sportsbox. I'm your host Jude as always and we're back. Back and better than ever. And in March Madness has come and gone in, in, in what feels like almost two seconds. I mean it, it feels like it feels at the snap of fingers that March Madness happened. You, you know I was sitting down just a few mornings ago as it feels opening my computer ready to watch the Michigan versus Colorado State game that was going to kick off um, this this 2022 March Madness and seconds later I'm watching the final seconds of Kansas versus UNC I I don't know how to explain it it happens every year but it happens but every year all of us everyone across America and hell maybe, maybe some people um, that don't live in America are, are, are filling out brackets we you know, we go to CBS, we go to ESPN, we go to Yahoo, wherever you go to fill out your your bracket. Now, I'm I'm a big believer in, you know, depending on 
how you like to do your brackets. Maybe you do it in a group with people. I'm a big believer in one bracket. I think you do one bracket and that's the bracket that stands out. Now you could do, you know, joke brackets or maybe you could do, you're like, oh, like I'm just going to pick the favorite mascot or I'm going to do, you know, whatever you want to do. But I, I, I truly believe that each person really should have one bracket, right? I don't think doing 15 different types of brackets it just doesn't make it as fun because you're just, you know, you're like, oh, well, okay, well, that bracket doesn't happen. I could go to this one. Your one bracket to me is 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 the most important one. But anyway, every year, all of us, you know, we, we, we go through the filling out process and we're like, this is the one. This is the one that is going to smack. Okay, do we have, and we look through it. We're like, okay, we have a 12 over five. Need that. You need a 12 over five. Okay, we have we have, maybe we have a 13 beating a four. Okay, we have that. Um, you know, if you really like to play, you know, risky, maybe you don't have a lot of one seeds in your elite eight, your final four kind of mix, depending on how your um, your bracket kind of the scoring works. Um, I actually did a very interesting bracket this year uh, with a good buddy of mine. We've had him on the show, Stathi. Did a bracket with him and, and his group. And it was, it was interesting because it really pushed you not to pick the favorable seeds. It basically... You know, depending on their seating and then depending on how far you have them going, it, it multiplied the points. So if you took a one seed and they made it to like the second round, you're not getting as much points if you were to pick, I don't know, an 11th seed. So it, it, kind of that. So it did push you not to pick all one seeds. Now, obviously, sometimes if you really believe that one seed is going to win at all, then yeah, you got to go pick that one seed because you have a good chance to win, but you get the gist. So every year we're very confident. We think it's the one. And whether it's the first or second game, our bracket is dead in water. And we're like, man, we got next year. <laughs> it's a reoccurring thing. And to me, I feel like for the past few years, my, honestly, my bracket is busted in whether it's the first or second game. And I'm always like, man, what? Like, you know, I just, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Now, this year, I got to admit, I, I, I was not great. I, in fact, I was pretty awful. I mean, if, if we're looking at it, I just, it, it was it was a little hard to look at. My my bracket was very awful. Now I will say, I will say, I did have a strong, um, I did have a strong region. Um, my South region was particularly strong. I, I got a lot of those games right. My South region was pretty good. The Midwest region and the East region were not. My... <laughs> My Midwest and East region were pretty, pretty bad. Um, and when I mean my Midwest region was bad, I mean, I only got two teams um, right for the round of 32 in the Midwest region. I only got two teams right um, to make it. And I got Kansas and Auburn. So I really missed, really missed on that. And my, my national champion was Arizona. And I'm going to get into Arizona a little bit, as well as Auburn, talking about more of the disappointing teams that I felt didn't perform to what they were capable of. But how can I not start talking and, and, and talking with you guys about March Madness and not mentioning St. Peter's? Because unless you were a St. Peter alum or you go to St. Peter or you're from Jersey and you, you know something about the school or maybe you just watch a crazy amount of college basketball and you know every single school and you know all the details, um, even then I don't think you would have. But if, if you... If you pick St. Peter's to beat Kentucky, man, you should go do the lottery because I guarantee you will win it. Um, but St. Peter's, if you didn't know or you lived under a rock, made it to the Elite Eight. And they were the first 15th seed to ever make it to the Elite Eight. 
Now you might say, okay, well, maybe they, they got lucky with who they played. Well, I'm going to tell you right now they did not get lucky who they played. In fact, the first game that they played was against Kentucky. Now, if you know anything about college basketball, you know Kentucky is a blue blood, and you know Kentucky is probably one of the most prestigious college basketball programs in all of America. When you think of college basketball, you think of Kentucky, Duke, UNC, Kansas, UCLA. So basically the Blue Bloods, <laughs> basically the Blue Bloods and a few others. Obviously, there's some coming to rise of fame. You know, you have your, you know, your other schools that have, um, you know, Villanova's and, and other schools. But really, the Blue Bloods um, come to mind first. And Kentucky is part of that group and that, that, that prestigious group um, that they are. And this Kentucky team was no different than any other year. I mean, they have they have first round picks, second round picks. They have NBA guys on this roster spread out. I mean, that, first of all, the guy that leads the charge, Oscar Shibwe, was the Nate Smith player of the year. And he's most likely, I would say a first round pick. I don't want to go as far as saying he's a lottery pick. I'd say he's probably a first round pick for sure. But they also guys, got guys like Ty Ty Washington, Kellen Grady, Keon Brooks, all guys that will likely hear their name called on draft night. In St. Peter's, with a roster of unranked, <laughs> two stars, three stars, none of the guys are going to make it to the league. And with their tallest player that, you know, really, or the tallest two players that really honestly get play time um, are 6'7". And that team went on to beat Kentucky, Murray State, and Purdue. <laughs> um, th- this is the wonderful thing about March Madness. Because no matter how much you care about your bracket, when you see a game like this, you can't even be mad that your bracket was busted. Because... Look, I picked Kentucky, you know, to beat to beat St. Peter's. Cause I was like, St. Peter's, I mean, who who are they? I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna go wasting time researching them because, well, yeah, I know Kentucky. I know they're a good program. And maybe they weren't as good as they have been in previous years, but they still got they still got guys that are gonna make it to the league. They still got, you know, a dominant guy in Oscar Shibwe. Um, but you know, I, I didn't know much, but I once I was seeing this game was close, I was like, forget my bracket. I want to go see. I want to see St. Peter's beat Kentucky, right? I want to see them. I want to see them. I want to see them win the national championship. Is what I was feeling after they beat Kentucky. Um, and, so, and that that's that's truly the great thing. But what makes it even better is the guys on this team and just the story that they've had. And Sheen Holloway, the head coach, who's now going to be the head coach for Seton Hall um, after you know this great run that. They, they've made to the elite eight is just they were unfazed and, and and that was when you watch these games and the two and 15 sees the one for 16s maybe maybe even the three verse 14s you really watch these games and you can almost tell that those 16th seeds and those 15th season maybe in those 14th seeds they just seem defeated like they 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 don't even they step on the court and they know they're going to lose and that just was not the case with st peter's and i felt in every game in every game that St. Peter's played in this tournament, maybe the UNC game, they maybe got a little ahead of themselves, but still, regardless, every game, it felt like, okay, this is not a a school that only has 2,000 people. Um, th- this feels like they, they are in the same level as a Kentucky. When they were playing Kentucky, I was like, yeah, th- this team is right there with Kentucky. I mean, looking at just the way that they held themselves on the court and just played ball, it wasn't it wasn't like this was, you know, a lucky thing that happened. Luck doesn't happen three straight games in a row, and especially against very, very good teams. Murray State had the longest win streak in college basketball heading into this tournament with 21 games. St. Peter's ended that. Purdue has probably a top three pick on their team in Jaden Ivey. Completely shut them down 
Beat them. Kentucky, I've already mentioned them. Multiple NBA guys on that team. Beat them. That, luck doesn't happen like that. That's not luck. That's just, that's just being better. <laughs> I mean, that, that's all it really is. That's not, that's not a luck thing. That is just purely being better than the other team. And that's what it felt. St. Peter's stepped on the court and they felt we're just as good as you guys. And, and we, we, no matter what, we're going to fight. Doesn't matter. And, and you still saw that fight in the UNC game. Obviously, the result they didn't like, but still they fought all the way through. Now going to you, actually, no, we'll, 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 we're going to circle it back to the national championships because I think St. Peter's great story. And if, if you didn't get a chance to watch those games, I do feel sorry for you. That that was just such a cool experience. I, I made sure to tune into every Saint, single St. Peter's game just because of, man, I mean, you're, you're watching history is what you're really watching. We This 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 run, and I'm not going to say it's the greatest Cinderella run, but I, I think it's I think it's top three. I don't even think there's an argument. I would even say it's the best one um, that I've seen in my lifetime. Just for a 15 seed to make the Elite Eight is remarkable. It, it, it's just, it's something you don't see every year. Um, you know, a lot of teams have paved the road. UMBC, they beat Virginia a few years back. Obviously, they didn't do much in the second round. And that's the other thing. That's the other thing about this St. Peter's run. St. Peter's didn't just come here to beat Kentucky. They came here to win the national championship. And that and that is what I really loved about this team. Look, we saw Or Roberts, right? They, they had their nice little two-game win streak last year in the tournament when they beat Ohio State and then they beat Florida. We typically see when there's upsets like this, when a, when a 15 or a 16 or a 14 seed or a very lower seed shocks everybody and beats that higher seed, the next game is just like they get blown out. They just get blown out. And, and that didn't happen. And, and that's where I go back to the St. Peter's in every game just stepped on the court like we are just as good as you. We they're, they're, you, you might have guys with more stars. You might have five stars on your team. Who cares? The stars don't matter when it's just one game. I mean, who, you throw the, throw the five stars, throw those four stars out, throw the rankings out. You got one game. If you don't show up. You don't show up and you don't win. And then that's the, that's the, the, that's the great thing about March Madness. You have an off game. You're not going to the national championship. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but one team that did win the national championship is Kansas. And Kansas, man, I give a lot of props to Kansas because there were tons of haters on Kansas. And I'm not going to say I was one of them because personally, I actually thought Kansas was a very good team. But looking at their kind of path, you can look at it and say, yeah, well, I mean, they did have an easy path. They played Texas Southern in the first round. Then they played Creighton. And then they played Providence. And they played Miami. You know, they kept it close with Crane. They kept it close with Providence. But all these teams, I mean, these these weren't very inferior teams. Uh, you know, Crane and Providence, both Big East schools. We saw Villanova make it to the Final Four. They're probably the only notable Big East school that ever really makes any type of noise in a tournament. Um, you, you know? Um, so, so looking at their paths, and then they played a 10th seed Miami, who they beat by 26 in the Elite Eight. So coming out of their Midwest region, it was like, Okay, this Kansas team's good, but they haven't really beat anyone. And then even in the Villanova game, it was all, oh, well, Villanova would have won if they had their guy. You know, he, he tore his ACL, more, he tore his ACL and off. I mean, it was, it was watching that Houston game and a dude with a bright future, to for him to tear his ACL in the last 40 seconds of game, man, you just, it, it hurt to watch. It, it, and I don't, I, I can't say that I'm anywhere close to a Villanova fan, but as a basketball fan, and just watching that happen to such a young, I mean, 19, 
2018 to tear your ACL in those final 40 seconds of a game when you were already winning. You didn't even need to be out there. Man, that that hurts. I mean, that, that is painful to see. But regardless, and, and still very sorry for him, but um, yeah, I, I think Kansas did its job. Um, and then, you know, the, the big sweat was North Carolina and they were down 15 at halftime. You know, I, but I knew, but, and I was watching that game and, and you, you just had to know a run had to, to come. You, there, a run had to come. It, Kansas could not be cold the whole game and shout out to Remy Martin. I think he was perfect from the field in the second half. I mean, the step back three he hit on Baycott was, man, it, it changed the game. You could just feel it. And that, that is, that brings me to my next point. The, the atmosphere of college basketball is what was missing last year. And, and there is no doubt that last year was a fantastic tournament. You had probably the game of the game of the year between Gonzaga and UCLA with Jalen Sugg. Um, ending the hope of many UCLA fans, or I should say all UCLA fans as he hit the half-court shot to win it. But it was a great tournament, but you, you missed that the, the contribution of the fans. And having the fans packed in arenas um for March Madness yet again was just was just wonderful to see and that that's what made games like North Carolina versus Kansas so enjoyable enjoyable to watch because not only were you watching this great display of basketball out there with Remy Martin hitting you know corner step back threes on six ten guys and you know uh Christian Bond doing his thing David McCormick doing his thing all these guys on Kansas doing this their thing and then even shout out to the UNC guys, Puff Johnson, who had a remarkable game in the national championship, Baycott, Manic, just just having the great basketball on the court. And then the atmosphere of just, you know, you got the UNC fans, the Kansas fans going at it. It was just a great, a great thing to see. And obviously I didn't experience it firsthand because I wasn't there live. But even just on TV, when every shot came in, it was like, boom, crowd exploded. And it was just Man, that that is that is truly what sports is about. You, the, the the play on the court, but just the whole entire atmosphere of sports, the the plane plus the fans. It's just when it comes together, it truly is brilliant. It truly is brilliant, and that, and that to me is the brilliance of March Madness: the fans and the play. It, it when you tie it together and in games when it's go, win or go home, you, you need that type of environment. But I'm going to flip the page and go to UNC because. UNC, man, they, I mean, this team was having serious concerns about even making the tournament probably halfway halfway through the season. I mean, there were serious doubts that they were going to make the tournament and they just, man, turned it around. They just, they just turned around. I heard, I heard a great thing from Baycott um, when he did a little interview in the, in during the final four weekend. And it was just like, look, we have nothing to lose. We we have nothing to lose in the second half of the season. We have nothing to lose. And and the game that really the game that really turned around was when they beat Duke on the road in Cameron Indoor, and it was Coach K's final game there. To for what they did right there, that really set the scene for what I thought was going to be a great tournament. After seeing that game and seeing what UNC did, I said. This is not a fluke. You don't beat Coach K in his final game. Um, that 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 doesn't happen. And little did I know that Duke would then face UNC the, for the first time ever in March Madness history and then beat him again. <laughs> but shout out to four guys especially. RJ Davis, Caleb Love, Brady Manick, and Armando Baycott. 
those four guys led the charge, and especially the the the, the two sophomore guards in Davis and Love, they did a hell of a job. But I don't think this team would have been here if it was not for Manic and if it was not for Baycott. Braycott brought the physicality every game. Every game it was, man, this dude, you cannot stop him. I mean, you you, you seriously cannot stop it. And then Manic on the other side, it was like a sniper. I mean, he, he was an absolute sniper the way he was just shooting the ball. And and that that's, that's really what this is about. Obviously, Manic, who knows what's going to happen in his career, in his future. Maybe he decides to continue and maybe in hopes of playing in the in, in the NBA or maybe he goes overseas. But it's these type of players who maybe they don't have the name recognition during the season or they don't have, you know, scouts going crazy over them. But when they have performances in the March Madness, that's just what makes it more spectacular. The, the, the guys that aren't huge names. Now, I'm not saying Manic wasn't a big name. He had a, he had a hell of a career at Oklahoma before transferring to UNC. But Still, not a, not a huge name guy to, to come in and show out. Um, even guys like Davidson Love, you know, I know they're a little bit more notable. I personally knew them before they went to UNC. Uh, but still, guys like that, to, just to really show up in moments like that is, is what it's all about. But they, they, there was a problem with UNC. And, and I feared this in the national championship. It was their inability to finish games. And that killed them. It it absolutely killed them and and the prime example was in the national championship but in other games the Baylor game the UCLA game they just could not finish those games and look if they would have lost to Baylor we'd be talking about a whole different story with the UNC it would be a whole different story I mean they they blew a 25 point lead in the second half now should Manic have been ejected that's for a different time for a different story but Regardless, you do not, no matter what player leaves the game because of an, a, a ridiculous ejection, you should not blow a lead that bad. You That's unacceptable. And I remember watching that game and saying, what is happening? It, it You could just, and maybe Manic is really, I mean, he is a vital piece, but you could just feel a shift. After he left the game, it was Baylor Steel, turnover, turnover, turnover for UNC, turnover for UNC, turnover for UNC, made shot for Baylor, made shot for Baylor. It just completely shifted the tide. And it, it was, I mean, as a UNC fan, I would have, I, I would have been, I mean, that would have been awful to, to, to see a, um, a collapse like that. Um, staying on UNC, because UNC and Duke, obviously great rivalry that they've had. The UNC versus Duke game, to me, was the game of the tournament. Now, there's a few other candidates that I could say as a ge- as a game of the, or whatever you want to call it, tournament. North Carolina versus Kansas, without a doubt, was a very, very good game. And and, and, and no question in my – and I, I was watching that game, and I was like, yeah, that is an intense, intense game. Um, other games – North Carolina versus Baylor was a hell of a game. North Carolina versus UCLA. Honestly, any of North Carolina's games that they played were were very good. Obviously, you have your St. Peter's run that you could have said was game of the tournament. Um, Duke versus Michigan State was also a very good game. Honestly, Duke's kind of run um, to a tournament. Michigan State even versus Davidson in the first round. A lot of those games were very good. But I said Duke versus UNC were a game of the tournament just because of the context of this game. And everything that happened. I mean, it was such a back and forth game between the two. You had Caleb Love hitting deep threes in the last two minutes of the game. Shooting like Steph Curry out there. Just could not miss. 
Um, shout out to Caleb Love for probably being one of the most unbelievable second half players I've seen. I mean, it, if you need a guy in the second half, you call Caleb Love because he will give you 25. I guarantee you that. Um, but it, it was just a great game. Um, and, 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 and especially for it to be the first meeting between Duke, Duke and UNC and, and in the final four, everything about it just made it game of the tournament. Um, and obviously UNC prevailed um, and Duke fell short and, you know, probably a tough way for Coach K to go out, lose to UNC twi- two, twice in a year, um, you know, and both in being in very meaningful games, you know, the last game in, in Cameron Indoor and then for a chance to make the national championship. Both of those were probably, it's going to be a tough for him to swallow, um, definitely. But regardless of that, unbelievable game between those two. And I mean, if you do not get a chance to watch any of these games, I highly suggest you go and watch the highlights of Duke versus North Carolina. Because, man, it was just such a thrilling game. Uh, it kept you at the edge of the seat. Even if you weren't a Duke or a UNC fan or you had no money on the game or you just were watching for the pure fun of it, it had you on the edge of your seat. You did not know what was going to happen. Um, I want to talk about Arkansas. And I know this is sort of a longer podcast, but I think Arkansas is a very, very interesting team. Because one, they had a hell of a run, right? They made it to the Elite Eight, uh, fell short to Duke. But Arkansas was a very interesting team coming into this this um, this tournament. Eric Musselman had a group of people, had a group um, that... They offensively struggled. I mean, they, and, and still in the tournament, they were, they were not very good offensively. They were, they were still pretty bad offensively. But it was their overly aggressiveness on defense that just killed other teams. I mean, in, in the first round, they played Vermont. And I can guarantee you there are plenty of people that said, oh, I'm taking Vermont. I'm taking Vermont was a hot pick uh, to beat Arkansas. And I, I didn't fall into the trap, but it was a very, very hot pick. Um, to probably pick Vermont to beat Arkansas. But regardless of that, I think the run that Arkansas made is they're going to be a very, very dangerous team next year. Look, they got three five-stars and McDonald's All-Americans and Nick Smith, Jordan Walsh, and Anthony Black coming in next year. Depending on who stays, I would say this team got to be, if not the number one team right now to win the national championship. I think this team is very, very good. They're very disciplined. Offensively, they can get better, but that's what Nick Smith, that's what Jordan Walsh, that's what Anthony Black is going to bring, especially Nick Smith. That dude is a killer on offense. Those three guys are going to bring it um, offensively, and that's what they need. And, and and just being aggressive on defense, I think Eric Musselman, it wasn't an over, he didn't oversimplify the game. He didn't, you know, make it complicated. He said, we're just going to kill you with our defense, and we just got to make shots when we got to make shots. Another thing is they, they, they went to the free throw line quite a bit, and they made their free throws. I mean, I mean, they, it wasn't it wasn't a complicated game plan that they did. They played really good defense and made their free throws. I mean, that's all you really gotta do. Now, when they played against a team like Duke, where Duke has a little bit stronger offensively, I'm not saying that Gonzaga is not stronger offensively, but you know, that that to me that that you, we saw was like okay, the Arkansas is good, but they don't have the the offensive capabilities right now to compete with a team like Duke that has a Pilo Bancaro, Max Roche, Trevor Keels, um, uh, Wendell Moore, uh, Max Williams, who, who really, really, um, who really spiked up his um, draft stock this, this postseason. Uh, he, he, he played, I'm sorry, not, not Max Williams. My bad. I, I meant, uh, 
Yeah, no, Max Williams. Yeah. Um, anyway, and, and, and so the last thing that I, I, I want to talk about is the teams that disappointed. Because March Madness is always filled with disappointment. But these teams specifically, to me, disappoint me. Um, now, I wasn't a big fan of Iowa. And I, I never I never really thought they were that you know, I went, I didn't think I didn't go as far as saying they were national championships. I definitely thought they were going to make it far, but man, they disappointed to lose in the first round to a Richmond team that was hot and Richmond was coming off, you know, their very own championship where they beat uh, one seeded Davidson um, to win their tournament, uh, to win their conference. Iowa, that that to me was probably the most disappointing team in this tournament, and followed along by Arizona, Auburn, and Gonzaga. Gonzaga's got to find a way to get over the hump. Um, they're a very, very skilled team. Um, you know, they they do uh, they do a really good job at every year bringing in good recruits, um, but they never seem to get over the hump. And maybe Mark Few's got to do a little bit better job of recruiting. They got a very talented guy in Chad Holgerman, who's who, he's a top five pick without a doubt. I think he's a hell of a player. But I look at this team and I say, every year they they just they can't. They, they can't get over that hump. And, and, and especially in a game like this against Arkansas, who really cannot do anything offensively. And I think J.D. Note was like 11 for 30. Um, to lose a game like that, that's 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 bad. Another team is Arizona. I was very, very high on Arizona. To me, I had them winning it all. Um, I, I was a little scared even in the second round. I know they beat TCU in the second round, but they they barely beat TCU in the second round. They needed overtime to win. And so I'm disappointed in Arizona. I think they could have played a lot better. Um, Houston was a very good team. Not taking anything away from Houston, but Arizona, man, Bendig Matherin. Um, if there's anything away, anything I could take away from this tournament, and especially Arizona, Benedict Mathern should be a top five pick. Um, if a team doesn't take him top five, they are making a mistake. And I'm going to say that right now so I can get that on the record. They are making a mistake because he is as pure as he gets. Uh, he is as pure as they get um, as a scorer and as a defensive player. It, he's going to be a problem in the league, and you heard it here first. Um, lastly is Auburn. I didn't expect Auburn to go far, but considering everything that they had, Jabari Smith, um, Walker Kessler, I know their guard struggled, but to not to get blown out to Miami in the second round, not a good look. Not a good look. The SEC in general, just very disappointing job by the SEC this year. Really, I mean, you, you did not have a lot of teams in the SEC in general, but Alabama losing in the first round. Um, you know, you had Tennessee only make it to the second round. The SEC really struggled this year, and we saw Auburn being that headliner with, man, you lose to Miami by almost 20. I mean, that that is, that's embarrassing. Um, and then you even have LSU losing the first round to an Iowa State. So there it is, guys. There's my 30-minute um, um, little rant thing. Um, but thank you guys for joining me. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. And as always, I'm going to you. Peace.